This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Another episode of Hack Underground. I am John Kay, and today I am joined by Professor Luann Holman, who I have only met a handful of times, but she's a very, very awesome person, very big into theater, as we will learn today. How are you doing today, Professor Holman? Oh, I'm terrific. Thanks for asking. Terrific. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We we had set up an interview for yesterday, but obviously. Things are getting busy around the campus. Um, it's semester starting to wind down. Everybody's, it was advising week last week, so I know there are a lot of advisors that are wishing we had a week off right now. Things are just starting to get crazy. And we're starting to have more events where students can attend. As you'll learn, we have Poe Night coming up next week, which you guys will probably be hearing this on Monday. So it'll be, I believe, you said next Wednesday, correct, for Poe Night? Right, on Wednesday night and we'll, at Seven Bells. That's, and we'll get into that more momentarily. Mm-hmm. But first, I would like to talk to you, or I would like you to tell us, Professor Homan, about your time with the Emily, or being a part of the Emily Dickinson Festival, which this is huge. When I heard about this, Somebody said that you had done some, I believe, acting also as like turning yourself into Emily Dickinson, if that's correct. I'm not 100% sure on that. No, you're right. You're right about that. Um, I do a a lot of these fringe shows. They're one-woman shows that I write and produce. And um, then, of course, I, you know, tell the story as a a character. I have had characters such as Mary Shelley and Jean Stratton-Porter and Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickinson was fun because it was told behind a white, um, gauzy screen because she, you know, she was never out in public. So, and in order to do those uh, women that I used to do, I always do a, a visit. So I did go to Amherst and spent a week in her home uh, with the docents and um, at the library, at the, Amher- at the uh, Robert Frost Library, researching a, a lot of things that a lot of people cannot get have access to, but because they knew what I was doing, I could do that. So I've spent a lot of time at Emily's home and sitting in her room and writing in her studio and sitting by her gravesite. So I really sometimes feel like she's always been my person. So this year, um, the festival, the Emily Dickinson Festival, was a virtual festival, as most of them have been, at least the ones that have the storytelling pieces that I've done. Almost everything has been virtual, which in a cool way, I've got to go to lots of places. Last two weekends ago, I was at the Poe Festival in Baltimore. I was at the Scottish Festival in um, Scotland. I just finished one in Northern Ireland. So I get to do probably more than usual because I'm not always, you know, whisking myself off to those places all the time. But the Emily Dickinson Festival 
um, was a week-long festival um, in September, and I was asked to be a reader um, and a panelist to help uh, so, so folks could hear her work. What we did was we read all of her poems, which took 14 hours to read, all of them online with different readers from around the country and around the world. There was a reader from Northern Ireland. Um, there was a reader, I think, from Sweden, um, several from Canada, um, mostly in Amherst, but then again around. And I was the only uh, participant from Indiana, so that was kind of fun to represent, uh, you know, Indiana, to be a reader of her poetry. What was fun about it was that... To be a reader, the poem would pop up on the screen, and then you would read it. We went in a certain kind of order, but they had the order, the folks in charge. But the readers, we did not, because they wanted it to be spontaneous. So you're sitting here, and every five minutes, your poem pops up, a new one pops up for you to read, and you don't know which one it's going to be, and you're just you're just praying that you know all the words. So, you know, you're sweating it out, thinking, oh, my goodness, all these people around the world are listening to me read. But um, it was fine. But it, it's always fun to have a little rehearsal ahead of time. But there was no rehearsal in that. But I loved, loved being a part of it. I loved that um, I could represent Indiana and be part of the Dickinson Festival this year. They liked doing it so much that they've talked about perhaps even when they have the festival next year that they might do the poetry reading online again because it reaches so many people who aren't going to Amherst. So anyway, that was my participating part um, in Emily Dickinson. And yes, she's a, I'm a great fan of hers, as well as the other you know characters that I do. So that was lots of fun this year. Felt very connected. That's awesome that you can, that you had the opportunity to represent Trine in Indiana like that in a festival that's massive, it sounds like. And I mean, when you're reading 14 straight hours of poetry, that just, it sounds like such a good time being around like-minded people. How did you get involved with the festival? Um, that's a really great question. I Sometimes people say, how do you get involved with all these things? Every time I turn around, I have a new festival. I just was involved in the Salem Witch Trials this week also um, in Salem, Massachusetts. I, I do not know if I'm on some kind of a list or my brain just you know, because of the way I work, I just automatically go to these places where I see it advertised. So I um, got involved with it just by seeing that. I mean, I, I must be on their mailing list, too, because of all the things I've done for Emily Dickinson. So it was not out of the normal that I was, you know, invited or found out about it. Same with the Poe. I've been to the Poe event in Baltimore and Richmond um, several times. So I'm on their list. So, you know, when they have these wonderful events, I get a notification uh, to go uh, to be part of the festival. And Salem Witch Trials the same way. And the festivals in uh, Northern um, Ireland, a really good friend of mine is a storyteller in Ireland. So I hear about all the festivals there and in Scotland. So she keeps me uh, informed on all, all those festivals. So I sign up and tell stories and with folks around the world. Usually on Saturday nights, I tell stories in Scotland. So. I'm just on, I guess, a lot of mailing lists, or I just um, gravitate right to these things because it's what I do. These poetry pieces, these storytelling pieces, just part of my life so much, I think I just go right to them. So it's hard to say exactly how I find out about things, but I do find out. That's awesome. I mean, I'm, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. I can't 
Like we had to for like senior year of football in high school, we had to go read to elementary kids. Which when you're a kid, you remember that's something that sticks with you forever. And I was like nervous. I was like, I have to actually read something out loud. I don't know if I can do that. So (laughs) that's that's great though. It's good for you and good for them. (laughs) That's awesome that you can do this on such such a massive scale. I mean, you're reaching people in you said Ireland and Scotland and I mean obviously the one positive thing about this is about zoom and doing things online so much more now is you have the ability to go to Maryland on a Friday after, or, you know, like a Tuesday afternoon, if you know, just because it's online and accessible. Yeah. It's like the silver lining of all of this. You know, there is a silver lining to everything. And the silver lining for me is that um, every, it seems like every day, every night, there's something that I'm involved in online that I, I would never be able to go to all these places at the same time, you know? Um, so it's really been fun to be involved in that. And there, there's still lots more happening all winter. So luckily for me, that is going to happen. And so for people who love poetry or, you know, in the work that I'm in and you want to be creative and you want to still stay, you know, abreast of everything, it's, it's a very good, it's a very good way to connect. So lucky for me. Yeah, lucky for you. And that that'd be a good way to spend some of those cold winter evenings is just go sit in like a Zoom call and read poetry or talk right. about talk about it even. Um so, right. and yeah. And good for you, by the way, to read out loud to kids. People say, let me just add this, reading out loud, your heart rate just goes it skyrockets. It's like that for children in school as well. It's hard for children. And then as adults, we feel the same way when we read out loud your heart rate does go up because it's different than reading to yourself. So good for you. It's, it's very nerve wracking. I don't, I just don't want to mess up, which, you know, it happens sometimes. Um, so with this being online, how did it compare to the event usually being in person? Like would, how, how, I mean, obviously it's going to be different because you can't interact with these people face to face but how much different was it being online this year compared to the in-person experiences? Are you, are you talking about any of these festivals that I'm doing? Yeah, we can talk the the Dickinson Mm -hmm. one or any, really any of them, because I feel like it would be very similar experiences for all of them having been online, being in person and then having to go to the online format this year. I think each one, it was different. The Emily Dickinson festival, they ran it beautifully. And um, you could go to her studio. Actually, they had certain writing times and you could log on with other writers and have this lovely, quiet, peaceful music while you're writing in her studio or in her room. And that was really uh, awesome. I don't think they usually do that during their festival. So that was another big thing. And just listening to everybody read for hour after hour after hour, you get to know them by that. But of course there was no coffee time or tea time or like, let's take a break and everybody go, you know, chat about where you're from. So that was, that was hard. And the Poe festival was kind of like that too. They had pieces for Poe and then you could, you know, you could be in discussion groups and that, that was helpful but you also could watch the plays and you can watch, you know, hear the readings, but there's no interaction. So there's always something, right? And that's difficult. You can't just talk to people like you usually do when you go to, you know, any kind of festival, you do the work. And then after hours, you sit around, you know, somewhere and chat about the day and learn about each other. So that element is missing. 
so it is very different. But at least it's something, and I feel grateful that there's, you know, that there was something, and it was pretty good. So even though it was different, you know, someday it'll be back, and we'll all be there again. But in the meantime, we all can keep some kind of connection going. So have to be thankful. Yeah, it's better than nothing. So I thought, actually, I thought it was really well done for Emily Dickinson. Really, really well done. So. Yeah, I have to be thankful for what we have. I mean, still having the opportunity to be able to do these things. Right, and when I do the um, storytelling in Northern Ireland, there are storytellers from um, all around the world who log in at really weird times. There's uh, some from Australia, and they have to log on early in the morning to attend the festival. So you get to know a little bit about it when you see some of the same people over and over, and then you you know, become friends and chat with one another. So the experience of getting to know people from all around the world that perhaps you might not, you know, get to do that or even get to go to the festival. So that's, that's a good thing too. So you've talked a little bit about the Poe Festival in Baltimore. We have our own Poe Night here on campus. What is that in, well, and it's next Wednesday, right? Correct. I don't know the, I'm not good with dates. It's, uh, you know, well, Poe Night um, is, has been my creation. The very first year I did it, I just did it in my classroom. I dragged in some orange twinkle lights and we read Poe, and that was terrific. But then there were some others who said, hey, let's, let's make it a bigger thing. So it became Poe Night um, on campus, where a lot of my students would go and participate, always in Wells Theater. And until um, this year, Taylor Hall was always decorated for Halloween. I don't know if you were there then to ever go through it, John. Um, but, I mean, Dean Orweiler would bring this great little casket and set it in the foyer. And we had lights everywhere and gravestones. So if anybody needed some Halloween madness, they could go to Taylor Hall. And it was completely covered with really cool stuff. So Paul and I was held um, in the theater there, small theater, intimate, perfect for Poe Night. Sometimes I even did two, a seven o'clock show and a nine o'clock show because we had too many people, they couldn't get in. It was always full, never um, never a seat left. So we'd have to turn people away. Now this year, of course, you can only have 25 people in the theater, which would mean if there were 10 reading, that would mean only 15 could come. So. Um, with a little brainstorming with Chandra uh, in the department, we talked about, we decided to have it outside at the university pit, um, at the fire pit at the university. So we're having it outside this year so that anyone can come. Of course, the community obviously uh, cannot really come because they're kind of not on our list right now. But all the students are going to have chairs set up around the fire pit for the students. And the performers will have our own chairs. And I have a microphone for outside. And um, most of the performers will be dressed in some kind of goth costumes. And uh, we'll have flashlights to read. So Poe Night is really just, it's a literary event. So people who love literary events should attend. People who do not know anything about literary events should attend. They might like it. I've had people say, wow, I didn't know. So we'll be reading um, a lot of pieces from Poe, Annabelle Lee, Spirit of the Dead. My friend Jacob McNeil will be doing The Raven, which is just to hear him 
read The Raven. Actually, he knows it by heart, so he'll be reciting it. It is spectacular. He'll end the evening with that. A couple of my students have uh, stories from Poe. One of my students is doing actually a, a piece from Sylvia Plath, so that would be interesting. And the Witches of Macbeth will be there to do their piece of, you know, double, double toil and trouble. The whole event will be outside with chairs set up or bring blankets. It might be chilly and wrap up. It's not going to be long, probably 40 minutes of um, literary events of different readers. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's just going to be fun. It sets the mood for Halloween to listen to Edgar Allan Poe during Halloween week. What is better than that is my opinion. So it's a great night. That's an event I've heard a lot about of, and I keep wanting to go, but I always end up having stuff to do. But this year, I think I'm going to have to clear the schedule and show up for that. Now, when you say the university, when you say the university pit, you mean the one right outside the UC, correct? Right, right. They're going to have a fire for us. So that'll be wonderful. I mean, this will be really different than being in Wells Theater, where I always play with the lights and, you know, do different things like that. Well, obviously, there's no lights or sets or anything, but we'll have a beautiful fire and chairs set up. And I have an outdoor microphone that we'll be using. So I think it'll be really fun to come out to the fire pit just to listen to some literary pieces by Poe and a few and, and Shakespeare and Sylvia Plath. What a perfect thing to do on Halloween week, right? It's going to be lots of fun. It'll be different, but I think it's going to be great. We won't really like this and decide this is what we want to do every year. Yeah, this is... Who knows? It's, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm definitely going to try my hardest to be there. That is next Wednesday, October 28th. What time great. does that start? <laughs> Well, I call it seven bells, or you could say seven o'clock. <laughs> Perfect. Seven o'clock, UC Pitt. Right. Make sure you're there. It's going to be a great and time. And I know, right. And I know there's some trick or treating around the campus at eight o'clock that night. I, I don't know. I saw that advertised. But we'll be done in plenty of time for students to go participate in that event, too. So come on out to the fire pit where, you know, bring a blanket, bring a friend. Um, the chairs will be all set up, socially distanced, of course, and we'll have a lovely night of Poe and poetry, and it'll be just wonderful. So I hope everybody comes out. Yeah, definitely make sure to check that out. It's going to be, like I said, it's going to be awesome. Come say hi to me if you see me, maybe, or uh, yes, don't. I, that's that's up to great. you. Um, <laughs> that'll be great. But yeah, I think that's all we've got for today. Big, big thank okay. you to Professor Homan for setting this up. I know, obviously, it's been a busy week, so I'm definitely glad we could squeeze this in. Well, there's a lot going on, so it's kind of fun to still have some fun events happening on campus. And this is one that is fun live and in person. So not too many of those happening. So yeah. this is a good chance to get out, you know, and do something different with all the other stuff going on. So. Can't beat, I hope everybody comes out. Can't beat live and in person right now. And there's not, like you said, there's not much going on live and in person. No, there isn't. So this is a this is a great opportunity to you know have some fun with students. Perfect. Well, again, and the faculty, anybody, anybody. Faculty, just not public people. No public allowed right, yet. Right. No public allowed. So once again, that's okay. We'll fill it up with students. So that's great. 
Absolutely. It'll be it'll be packed. But once again, thank big thank you to Professor Holman. And if you're looking to get involved with any of this, make sure to reach out to her. I'm sure, sure she'd love to have you. Sure. And thank you, John. This was lots of fun chatting with you. Lots no of fun. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate it. But yeah, we'll see we'll see all you guys next week. I think we've got something pretty awesome lined up again for next week and I'm looking forward to it. I'll save it for surprise. Okay, that's Friday. great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.